Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Big Nasty. Yeah, Big Nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! This is the Cannon Fire Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Pleasure to have you listening today. We are back from our break. Granted, we didn't take a very long one, but uh, we just couldn't wait to be back here talking to you guys again. So here we are for episode 115. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. And to bring us back from our break, we have very special guest, Mr. James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation. A very busy guy as of late. How is everybody doing, by the way? What have you guys been up to? Because we know that there hasn't been a whole lot of Bucks news going on. We know that everybody's been stuck at home, kind of doing most of the same thing. So what have you guys in particular been up to evan you go ahead and go first my man there's like zero bucks news but we're back so it does not matter um yeah i've just been hanging out you know trying to trying to stay you know as, as smart and safe as possible you know just don't be don't be an idiot during these times you know um make sure that you know you're keeping keeping the guidelines close and um you know, just, just being smart you know um whatever you're comfortable with like if i know a lot of the country's opening right now, so um, you know whatever you're comfortable with, just just do that. But uh, here in PA, just been hanging out. You know, like I said, I was just telling uh, you guys before we went on here, and um, you know we're getting ready to open here soon, like in the next week or so, probably. That like my area is going to be opening some more, so just been hanging out, and hopefully I'll be able to do much more, but happy to be back, you know, after a two, three-week break. Heck yeah, man. What about you, James? What you been up to over there in beautiful St. Pete? Well, you said I've been busy. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just home, still waiting to go back to work as all of us are, you know. Um, you, you know, you start to hit that point where it's like you go a little stir crazy a little bit you go okay i'm really really getting bored here you know i can only play so much madden um you know and i can only watch so many youtube videos but you know that's just kind of what it's been uh still been on the public squad a little bit so you know how we do over there um so not much man i mean like you said uh even the videos on over on my channel you know it's it's cut down to like once a week because there just isn't a lot to talk about right now yeah I, I i still have to make my my schedule reaction video which i've been putting off so you know and that's <laughs> that's the worst part is that we talk about how we're just sitting here at home with not a lot to do and every everybody's like well you can do the podcast and in my head i'm like yeah that's how it works but 
you know, I'll be honest with you, buddy. There's only so many weeks in a row I can talk about Jameis Winston going to the Saints before nobody wants to hear it anymore. And uh, that's kind of the dilemma we find ourselves in today. But, um, (laughs) you know, it, it is what it is. So here we are. We've got a great show lined up for you guys today. I'm sure for people who are not aware, we recently just had our first ever giveaway, which ended today. And right here on the show, before it is over, we are going to announce our three winners for things we're going to be giving away. First prize gets a CFP prize pack, plus the signed picture of Mike Allstott, the Mike Allstott Family Foundation. Second place, we'll get a CFP prize pack. And third place, we'll get a pack of stickers. The brand new CFP stickers, by the way, Shout out to our friends at Pinecrest Printing and Signs for hooking us up with those. The only way you can get the new design, which is actually right here in front of me, is by buying a t-shirt. 15 bucks a pop, two for 25. Give us a ring. Heck of a deal. Right? That's a pretty good deal. Right? Deal of the spring. Deal of the spring. It's our uh, it's our spring shootout sale. we got to clear the shelves of all the inventory. Almost summer. Get ready to bring in all the new stuff. Almost summer. The almost summer sale. What, when are, the, uh, when are the, the CFP bathing suits coming in, right? Uh, well, those (laughs) actually, they were supposed to be kept under wraps until just now. I really thought that was a common understanding, but now that you've brought it up, um, no, you're good, man. But the CFP signature speedos should be out right around late June, early July, maybe. Have you looking good for the beach and the hottest time of the year? It's looking good. Right, right. Now, James, I had noticed that when I went into the contest description, I had interrupted you. I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you going to say, my man? I'm fired up about something, and I'm going to make it quick. Maybe we can talk about this later, but I wanted to address this because this past week on Twitter, on Buck's Twitter, okay? Oh, always um, a good time. It is it is sometimes, but <laughs> I saw a lot of people calling out Shaq Barrett, okay, oh. to the point where they were calling him a one-year wonder and all this stuff. And I'll be honest, I don't know some of the people on Twitter who have been doing this, so I don't necessarily care to mention names but um t- it got to the point where Shaq Baird himself started defending himself in some of these threads I don't know if you guys saw that oh yeah I uh, tried to oh, ignore yeah. it but it, it's hard to ignore but you know as we brought up when it's the only thing that's going on right now it's hard to stay away because it's pretty goddamn entertaining sometimes right and it's it's pretty rare when I get fired up enough on Twitter to sound off on some stuff you know I usually try and stay out of it I try and be nice but this I'm standing up for don't call Shaq Barrett a one-year wonder don't no more you know? Mr. Nice Guy first five minutes of the podcast we're already coming it's, after people it's it's disrespectful and I'm again I'm, I don't hate anybody who did it okay I just flat out don't agree with you um you know, don't don't call him a one year wonder. Okay, nineteen and a half sacks in one year—that's stupidly incredible. Why are we nitpicking our good players now? You know, uh, I a, you know you don't want to know why because the the good players on this team realized that there was an issue. All right, now that issue is gone. Okay, so you know we all know the reason why Shaq Barrett is being called out. It's because a, a group of fans cannot handle the truth that Jameis Winston is no longer the Buccaneers' quarterback. So Shaq Barrett goes on and says, you know, with Jameis they would have been a playoff contender, with Tom Brady their Super Bowl contender, and the world gets lit on fire even more than it actually is right now. So, you know what? Just I don't. Stay off Twitter, guys. Just stay off Twitter. Evan, you summed it up perfectly, and James, quite frankly, I'm glad you did bring it up. But let's also just say this when it comes to the one-year wonder claims of Mr. Shaq Barrett. 
This is a guy who didn't get an opportunity to start a full season until last year, and he got damn near 20 sacks. So, like, James, in the sense of what you said, what more do you want from the guy? You know what I mean? I'm sure it's easy to put the label one-year wonder on him and call it a day, but I don't know if you I would agree put, with that. You can't put a one-year wonder label on a guy that's only played one actual season. Well, so right, now, that, if, if right. Shaq Barrett, so let's say he sucks next season, then you can call him a one-year wonder. But right now, you're just saying, like, oh, he's a one-year wonder, it doesn't matter, he's going to suck. Okay, I wonder what uh, what were your thoughts on him would have been if James Winston was the quarterback. So just oh my god, makes me so angry. A big thing that bothered me too was it's it's hypocritical in a way because this I'm I imagine the same people who are saying who are saying this about Shaq Barrett, which by the way, I feel like a lot of people don't understand Shaq Barrett's whole thing about how he's literally been trying to get an opportunity to show what he can do his entire career from yep. freaking high school, college, and in the NFL, and he just time and time again kept on getting re- replaced. When they drafted it was, Bradley Chubb right over, you know, and just picked him, just they, picked Chubb they, over there. They, they, and that was, that was after they had already done the same thing with Shane Ray, and that didn't work out, and then they did it to him again. So it, it's just, you know, if you follow his whole career, all he has ever wanted is a starting opportunity. He finally gets it. 19 and a half sacks. He is he has the most sacks in franchise history in one season after his first year with us. That's awesome. And the same people who are criticizing Shaq Barrett right now, I imagine were the same people who were saying, oh, look at Jason Pierre-Paul. He got 12 and a half sacks for us in his first year. This is awesome. Why didn't you call him a one-year wonder? You know, and it just seems a little hypocritical. And I also saw some people say, you know, and I thought everybody loved sack numbers. I thought that's why we didn't like Gerald McCoy. You know, well, it's it's like I thought Gerald McCoy's sack numbers didn't make him good. Now we get a guy who literally leads the NFL in sacks, breaks a franchise record of a Hall of Famer. And that's not enough. It's it's ridiculous to me. I I personally, you know, I even sounded off and said, yeah, I'm. You know, can't wait for Shaq to prove these people wrong. And I can't wait. You know, I just love that we're in this part of the offseason where we're nitpicking our good players. You know what it is, James? It's basically, so Gerald McCoy, sack numbers, right? Right. Why does nobody bring up Ndamukong Sue's sack numbers? Because they're even less, right? It's Um, a bias between a certain player, okay? Now, the difference with Shaq Barrett's situation is he commented on another player that is just... It's starting to get weird with the the Jameis Winston Twitter stuff. Okay, it's starting to get really weird. The dude is not there anymore. You know, okay? sport, sports in itself is tribalism. Like it's the classic definition of tribalism. My tribe is better than your tribe for this reason, and we're gonna fight about it. But to have that break down to inside the fan base is really interesting. And I, I will say this, James. I'm very happy that you brought this up because now we have something to talk about on a show that I was very nervous we didn't have a whole lot to talk about. So thank you for coming in here with some firepower and some venom right out of the gate. This is a new side of Mr. Bucks Nation that, quite frankly, I have not seen before. Something has just like made it. you snap. It's it's the new darker logo. That's what it is. Ever since you <laughs> yeah. changed the logo, got a little grittier. Oh, yeah. Well, that, well, the big thing for me is just like you guys know how big of a Shaq Barrett fan I am. And just the reason I'm a big fan of him is because, you know, you think he's going to do good. And he actually does good. Why would you not support a player like that? Right. <laughs> you know, like it's and if 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 it truly is just his comments about Jameis Winston and Shaq's, what it is. Shaq is honest about stuff. OK, like there's been some things he has said this offseason where you go, 
oh, geez, that was a little blunt, but you got to respect <laughs> it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so for people to get that riled up about that, it's just a little ridiculous to me. Why are we nitpicking our good players? Why are we nitpicking guys who broke, you know, who broke a franchise sack record, who, you know, just had just led the NFL in sacks? Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous to me. And I, yeah. I, I will say this, and then I think we should move on here. I want to say one more point after that, though. I think the reason that this is as big of a deal as it is, you know, what you were asking, James, I think the reason that this is talked about so much right now and people are starting to nitpick these players is exactly what we said at the beginning of the show. Because everybody's just got all this time on their hands and there's not a lot of news coming out. We do have a little bit of news and rumors we're going to get in for you guys right after this. Uh, But Evan, I'll let you pick up where I left off. What were you saying, bud? Yeah, so... Shaq Barrett has been in this situation before, okay? He's won a Super Bowl, correct? Yes. Who was his quarterback when he won a Super Bowl? Peyton Peyton Manning. Manning. Mm. The sheriff. He knows what that type of player at the quarterback position does for a team. Yes, Peyton Manning was already there when Shaq Barrett entered the league in 2014. Peyton Manning was already there for, I believe, two seasons. But he has seen it before with his own eyes, and he's won it before with his own eyes, right? So now he's looking at Tom Brady coming in and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. That was a debate for as long as time, right? When they were both playing each other in the AFC and AFC championship games and playoff games. Even down to the match just a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was entertaining. Um, (laughs) Oh, Brady is better, you know, on the football field days on the golf course. But, um, you know, uh, Shaq Barrett has seen this before, right? He knows that when he walked into Denver 2014 with Peyton Manning there, the expectation was Super Bowl. Now he's thinking the expectation in Tampa with Tom Brady should be Super Bowl. With James, you know, everybody says, oh, that's disrespectful of Jameis Winston. Do any, do you think any, anybody would be picking the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl next year with Jameis Winston as a quarterback? No. I, I, you know, it's fair to say because he's never even been to the playoffs, but Tom Brady adds something else, and that's all Shaq Bear was saying. There's no need to come after him. Well, and the just my final thoughts on this, too, is that, you know, obviously, it's Tom Brady. It's literally, arguably, the greatest, you know, you can, I don't even know if it's an argument at this point. He nope, could be the greatest, the greatest quarterback of all time. Why would you not get excited about that, regardless of who you are? And I know the obvious reasons people have said age and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's still the greatest quarterback of all time. You think Super Bowl. That's not a knock on Jameis because you can't right now as it stands. You cannot compare Jameis Winston to Tom Brady. Nope. You you can't do that. Uh, That doesn't make any sense. You know, Um so it's just unfair because, like, how dare he get excited? Why should he not be excited? It's the greatest quarterback of all time. Right yeah, I and know. every player has been. You mm-hmm. know, just enjoy the fact that we're getting this publicity. Enjoy the fact that these players are excited. You know, and just it, it, they're not. None. Nobody's knocking Jameis. You know, we would have for Shaq's day, we would have been a playoff contender with Jameis Winston. That's fair. You know, but Tom Brady, obviously raises the expectations yep that's just how it is and for people to get this upset about that sign of the times of the off season sign of the times of everybody being bored like you said Rhett. and it's extremely frustrating given if you know Shaq's journey and where you know obviously every time he's been you know 
replaced as a starter. He hasn't gotten a starting opportunity. The one time he does it, he knocks it out of the park, and people still nitpick and criticize. That's well, not fair. You guys, I mean, you have summed it up perfectly and taken all the words out of my mouth, so I really don't feel like I need to speak upon this topic any further. So let's this go is ahead the and move Evan on. and James show now, right? <laughs> exactly, right? You guys can just take over from here on out. But we do have a stellar show lined up for you guys. Of course, we're going to be announcing the winner of the giveaway. We've got some news and rumors we're about to get into. And then I've got an interesting question. One of them comes from a voicemail, by the way, so we're going to get into that as well. But let's jump into some of the most recent rumors that came out this week. There were two big rumors floating around. One of them lasted a lot longer than the other one did. It opened up with... Uh, somebody reporting that there was a potential trade in the works between the Redskins and the Bucks. <laughs> that ended up being a complete lie. Never happened. And uh, to be frank, I don't know who first originally reported it, but everybody should shame them for it. The second rumor that came out was Devontae Freeman, running back, free agent, formerly of the Atlanta Falcons, had some interest, I believe, between the Bucks and the Eagles. There was a report tossed out that the Buccaneers had offered him a contract, which came back untrue. So the Buccaneers have not offered him a contract officially, but it seems like the last of what we've heard of this situation is that Freeman is kind of fielding options between Philly, between the Bucks, and then maybe some other teams that we do not know about. Evan, does that sound just about correct up until this point? Yeah, uh... Yeah, J J Jeff McLean, who is a Philadelphia Eagles reporter, um, he had said that Devontae Freeman has been offered a contract by the Eagles, but he's also offering, um, sorry, thinking about other offers, and it, in parentheses, he said Bucks. Yeah. So um, that led to people saying, oh, the Bucks offered him a contract. So Greg Allman went and he checked and said no. Uh, the Buccaneers have not officially offered him a contract. And McLean then went back and even said he shouldn't have said the Bucks offered a contract. However, he has still heard that there is still interest there. And I believe that. I do believe that uh, if Freeman's price gets down to a range where they're comfortable, they'll definitely kick the tires on it. Uh, now, I mean, you know, you get you got some people saying that, you know, they did offer him a contract and then there's they didn't officially offer him a contract. So I don't know what the difference is. But, um, you know, I would expect them to have interest but not right now just because it doesn't make a ton of sense right now um based on you know freeman apparently declining uh, i believe four million dollars from the seahawks uh before the seahawks signed carlos hyde so uh we'll, we'll see what happens but i mean i wouldn't expect uh an, an addition like Devonte freeman it did catch me off guard when i saw mclean's tweet about the bucks offer my contract i was like wow okay yeah. um but it, it still is something to, to keep your eyes on as they look for uh depth in the backfield and that was actually going to be my follow-up question was you know contracts and numbers aside of what he would take what he wouldn't take what do you think Devonte freeman at this point can bring to the table you know the idea floats around that maybe he's another receiving back for tom brady maybe he's just a third mm -hmm. down guy like we expected maybe Keyshawn vaughn to step in and be uh, if they were to bring in a guy like Freeman, what do you think his role in that backfield is going to be? Well, I think we can all agree this team's in win-now mode, right? Obviously, yeah. that's what happens when you sign a 42-year-old quarterback and then trade for his favorite tight end. Um, bring him but, out of retirement. Know. Dig him up out of the grave and put him in yeah. pads. Say, here we go. Let's go on a run, <laughs> Gronk. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, would basically, if you're looking at it, do you trust Devonta Freeman, who's a veteran, you know? Uh, has been in the Super Bowl, obviously against Tom Brady, and, and missed missed a key block actually, uh, which led to a strip sack. But um, 
or do you trust the the rookie from Vanderbilt? You know, that's a tough thing for a win now team. I'm sure if money wasn't involved, the Bucks would choose Devonta Freeman and just have you know Keyshawn Vaughn kind of learn. Um, of course, money is involved, but I think that if Devonta Freeman would come to the Buccaneers, he would be that that second running back, that guy who can catch the ball, can be on third down. Um, there's not a lot of depth on this team right now, uh, anywhere really. That's that's a concern. Um, and even I mean, the running back position, if Ronald Jones goes down. You're looking at uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, Dario Gawale, TJ Logan. Like, that's rough. Um, and there's not a lot of experience with that running back room right now. Devonta Freeman would bring a lot of experience. Uh, and, you know, he'd bring a more pass-catching back type than Ronald Jones can. Uh, I wouldn't expect Devonta Freeman to be the starter. But um, I would expect, you know, like I said, third down running back, a guy that can pass block a little bit, and a guy that can... Uh, can catch the ball at backfield. What do you, what do you see uh, in in Freeman James? I think I agree with that. Uh, like you like you said, I don't think he'd necessarily be the starter. Um, you know, he would definitely be a complimentary guy to a Ronald Jones. Um, I don't know if it'll happen. I still think it could happen. But you know, the Bucks they did. You know, they had a couple of guys there already. You know, Ronald Jones, who they've been hyping up the entire offseason. So you would imagine. His starting job's probably safe. Um, TJ Logan, who's a former Bruce Arians draft pick, um, and you know Bruce was excited to get him in once he was cut um, after last uh, preseason game. You know he was excited about that. Uh, Dario Gumbawale, who I know a lot of people do, you know, kind of crap on a little bit, but he was still a team captain last year, and I don't think he was necessarily terrible in the role he had. You know, in the offense and stuff like that, he certainly could have been better. And you can improve on that, which could be a reason they bring in, you know, Devontae Freeman. But, you know, Dario Mawale's there as well, team captain last year. And then you just drafted two rookie running backs, um, Keyshawn Vaughn and Raymond Calais, who I remember, I think, in specifically for Raymond Calais, I think Bruce compared him to a smaller but faster David Johnson. I think that's what he compared him to. Don't quote me on that. But, hmm. um, you know, I don't know. Like like you said, there's not a lot of experience in that room right now. And they could certainly use somebody like Devontae Freeman just as a veteran presence. But there's a lot of threads in that room right now that have a lot of ties to Bruce Arians. So um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on this one. I, I could see it happening, but I could also see it not happening. But, you know, in terms of what his role would be, kind of a complimentary guy to Ronald Jones, like a receiving back. Kind you of know, like what Dario Gumbawale does. The experience point that you both brought up is really, really important there because I didn't think about that until just now, how there really is not that much experience in that room, especially with a guy like Peyton Barber stepping away. You know, So bringing in a guy like Freeman, I'll come out and say I wasn't the biggest fan of him while he was in Atlanta. You know, During that time where he was really one of the more talked about running backs in the NFL, I just never bought into the hype that much. I don't think he's a bad back per se. It's not like I hate him. You know, if they brought him in, I like it from the experience standpoint. But if he gets brought in, as long as Rojo gets his reps, and let's say Devontae Freeman is that complimentary guy that they maybe expect Keyshawn Vaughn to be at this time of the game, then uh, I'll be happy with it. But definitely something that's up in the air and something to keep an eye on. If we find out anything else, of course, we'll be here to let you guys know. So let's get into this next topic that I had on my notes and uh, something very interesting. 
During all of this downtime, I've been listening to a lot of other Buccaneers podcasts. And first off, I'm grateful that we have so many to listen to. Secondly, a big topic that I have heard discussed has to do with the identity of what this Buccaneers team is going to look like in 2020 when they start playing, when they start finding their groove. What is this team going to look like? I think it's safe to say for the past four years, this team has been carried by their offense. It has been a top 10 offense every year, a productive offense every year. And if you're the Bucs and you're not going out and getting 400 yards of total offense, chances are you lost that game or it was just you know, not a very great game for you. But it's been a team defined by the offense and how well that they do on that side of the ball. Now, my question is this. You know, I've heard people say this and that about the identity of this team they're going to have. Um, some people believe they're going to lean on the defense. Some people believe they're going to lean on the offense. You know, teammates are having fun with it. Devin White came out and he said, I'm really expecting them to lean on the defense. We want to be what they lean on. We want to win games this year. And then Ali Marpet a few days later comes out and is joking like, I appreciate what Devin said, but it's definitely going to be the offense leading the charge this year. So my question to you, James, mm -hmm. is this a team that will lean on the defense being stout? Or is it what we've seen from Bucks past where it's a team that leans on the offense being productive? Because the most interesting part about it right now is that I truly believe it can go one way or the other. What do you think? I... I kind of, I don't, I disagree with that in a way. Um, I think that the vision Bruce Arians wants this team to be is just as complete of a team as it can be. You know, I like obviously I don't, I don't necessarily know if Bruce Arians and his staff want to lean on the defense or the offense. Right. Um, kind of when I look at the makeup of this team right now, I actually just started watching, finally, the All or Nothing series with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Good stuff. Great series. Missing out. Great series. Back whenever they went 13-3. It's a little sad because I know how it's going to end, but, uh, <laughs> you know, because I just remember that season. But if you remember the makeup of that team, it was just an all-around good team. 13-3, and they had a veteran quarterback with great offensive pieces around him and a defense that had a lot of young guys on it that were all contributing right away. I... I kind of see a similar makeup with this current team. You have a veteran quarterback with phenomenal weapons around him um, and a defense that has a, long, a lot of young guys who are looking to contribute right away. So when I think of the idea of this team's identity, you know, are they going to lean on the defense? Are they going to lean on the offense? I think what they're trying to go for right now is they're trying to get as close to that, you know, 2015 season as they can where you know it's like they just have an overall complete team and they don't really have to rely necessarily on anything because they're just trying to play as a complete team you know what i mean right right what do you think evan yeah i i 100 agree with that i think that if, if you're looking at i i just don't think you can choose one i just don't see because here's the thing i i, I think the offense is going to be good but I've used this on the show a few times. This offense isn't going to be as explosive, but it's going to be more efficient. It's There's going to be less turnovers. There's going to be less sloppiness with this offense. However, you're going to see also, what less 500 yard games. Yeah, you're not going to see you're not going to see any games where, you know, they score 55 points like you're, you're not going to see that. 
Um, you know, you're you're just not you're not going to see another game like the LA game. Like I just I really don't see it. Will they go over thirty? Probably, yeah, a bunch. But I just, I don't see this offense being a a top three, top five scoring offense. Uh, it's just not going to be that that explosive. However, the defense is also going to have to hold up its end of the bargain. And I think that the fact that this offense is going to be more efficient is just going to even help this defense. You know, it's going to put the defense in less unfortunate spots on the field uh, because less turnovers. Just, you know, it's it's going to be like, – I don't think Bucks fans are so used to the past five years being – filled with a lot of turnovers, a lot of explosive plays, but a lot of turnovers that they're not going to know what a a defense, a quarterback that protects the ball better and a defense that is well-rested and putting decent spots can do. Right. Um, they're not going to know what that looks like. You know, uh, there, there's obviously there has been games when Jameis Winston played game manager and the defense wasn't put in bad spots. Of course, I'm not saying Tom Brady is going to be a game manager. He, he's not, I, I don't see that, but I do agree with James when, you know, that 2015 Cardinals team is a great example. They had an explosive offense, veteran quarterback. I love that. I love that comparison. You know, the defense, just like you said, they had some veterans at some spots. At some spots, right? Dwight Freeney, I remember was that it was there. Um, made that's like comparison to Dominican Sue, possibly. You know, yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul. There's veterans there, right? But there's also a lot of young talent. Just like, I mean, Tyron Matthew was a young player. Tony Jefferson was a young player. Patrick Peterson, even at the time, was a, a younger player. So, yes, they had you know a good mix on defense, and they also had an explosive offense that didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. And, it, and if you look, yeah, they, they scored a, a bunch, but the defense, when they were scoring a bunch, the defense didn't give up a whole lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm looking here, and uh, th- through the first, the first three weeks, of the 2015 Arizona Cardinals season. They scored 31 points. The defense allowed 19. It's great. They scored 48 points. The defense allowed 23. It's great. They scored 47 points. The defense allowed seven. So, I mean, you know, the, the biggest thing with those Cardinals teams, why those numbers are up turnovers, that the Cardinals defense got a ton of turnovers. So what I'm trying to say here is I think they're both going to feed off of each other. I think the offense and the defense are going to feed off each other and play off each other. Yes, the offense isn't going to put the, the defense in as bad spots, which will help the defense. And the defense is going to put the offense in a lot more better spots, which is going to help the offense. So I do agree that their identity is going to be as balanced as possible. Hey. And so even on offense, if you want to go there with a run and pass game, balance as possible as, as they can. Blitzing on defense, yeah. Todd Bowles is the coordinator. Probably get a little bit more blitz in there on, on defense. But um, like I said, they want to replicate a complete team. Will they? You know, I, when you look on the roster, I don't see a complete team, but I, I see I see a damn good team. Yeah, and I like that answer from both of you guys. That honestly wasn't the perspective that I was looking at it with because we have grown so accustomed from you know having an explosive offense with a lot of turnovers, unfortunately, and then the expectation for the defense for the longest time was, all right, go bail these guys out. You know, and it is very impressive when you take a look at last year and you look at 
just how many times the defense was able to do that as opposed to when they were not able to do that because yeah, I'm sure they were they, they were there's a period they were not good anyway so that's it, a bad it, recipe right right yeah. so if they weren't even put in those situations in the first place maybe that overall defense on the season would have been way better than it was and that's saying something because towards the second half of the season it was one of the better units in the NFL so let's move on we opened up the Cannon Fire Hotline this week. You guys can give us a call 24-7-365 at 813-433-0323. And uh, we only got one voicemail this week. But, hey, I mean, it's okay. It is what it is, you know? Thank you, don't you always for that knock one voicemail, out of the... Huh? I just said thank you for that one voicemail. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much for the one voicemail. So we're going to get into that right now. And a very interesting question posed by this voicemail as well. So we're going to open that up. This call is coming to us out of the 509. So let's strap in and see what my man has to say. What's going on, dude? Thanks for calling CFP. Hey, guys. My name is Anthony. I just want to leave a little question for you guys. Do you guys think that Byron Leftwich doesn't take that extra step in his play calling that maybe like midway through the season or so that he may that VA might actually take over and start to play calling again? I appreciate it. Thank you, Thank you, Anthony, for calling in. And a very interesting question brought up by Anthony in a situation the Bucks fans have actually seen themselves in before. His question was along the lines of, will the Bucks and Bruce Arians, of course, need to worry about offensive play calling at any time during any of this? And it's a very, very good question that he brought up. We're going to jump into that right now. So let's look at Anthony's question and let's break it down. I brought up that Bucks fans have been here before. Let's talk about why. Well, we know that Dirk Cutter for a long time was really weird with Todd Munkin about the offensive play calling. We know we were in that situation before in Cutter's last season where he kept taking the play calling from Munkin and then giving it back and then taking it away from him. And Anthony's question is, do you think Bruce Arians is going to find himself in that same situation this season? if Byron Leftwich just can't deliver with the offensive play calling. I know a lot of people were critical of his offensive play calling last year. I think a lot of it had to do with just Bruce Arians' offense in general. It's a tough first-year offense to learn, but people wanted to point the blame at Byron. They feel like he's not living up to the hype, regardless of your opinion. It is what it is. But let me just say this before I toss it to you, Evan. I feel like we're so much more mature as a team than we were when Cutter was taking away play calling from his offensive coordinator. Like, we've known Bruce Arians as a guy who first and foremost trusts his coaches. Like, if he hired Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich to be his coordinators, he's made it clear he trusts those guys. He's not going to go out of his way to sabotage anything that they're doing if they see it a certain way. Maybe if it's losing his football games, he'll intervene. But I, I just don't believe we'll find ourselves in that point at all this season. I, I really don't. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I think the only way that you would see uh, Bruce Arians do something like that is if, like, the team, let's say after, you know, six weeks is, like, two and four or something like that. Like, yeah. that, that that's really the only way I could see it. Um, but even then, like, like you said, he has faith in his coaches. He lets his coaches do a lot. Like, Todd Bowles, that's his defense, man. Bruce Arians doesn't intervene in the defense <laughs> at all. Um, but, you know, the difference here is that 
Bruce Arians is more of an offense guy. So he picked Byron Leftwich as an offensive coordinator, and there is a, a good bit of hype with him. And, yes, Byron has ups and downs last year. Um, I do believe that some of it was hindered by the, the turnovers. I mean, it really was. Um, but, um, you know, and you're all right there, Red. <laughs> okay. Uh, so basically, uh, you know, a lot of it was hindered by that. And I'm not making, you know, I'm not saying, oh, well, some of his play calls were just on James Winston because they definitely weren't. Like, it goes both ways. But I think the only way that there would be a, a switch there is if this team is really struggling to put points up. Tom Brady is just not looking good. Ronald Jones isn't looking good. Like, the offense just doesn't look like itself at all. And, you know, maybe even two and four is maybe even a little bit too good. Maybe it, they'd have to be like maybe like one and five, oh, and six for, for Bruce Arians to do something like that. I really don't think he wants to play call, uh, call plays. You know, I, I really don't think he does. But I think if he feels a sense of urgency, he might have to. So I, I wouldn't expect it, but I, you know, I also I don't expect this team to be one and five. But right. never say never. But that that is probably the one situation I could see um, Bruce Arians take over. What do you think, James? Yeah, I think that you know Evan said it really well there. You know, Bruce Arians thinks that Byron Leftwich is a future head coach, and he is not. You know, he is not. You know, sh- I guess changed his opinion on that. He's definitely not shy about he, it. Yeah, he's not shy about it. He's not changed his opinion about this the entire time. And it's interesting because, you know, last year, you know, I know some, like you guys said, people were critical of Byron Leftwich's play calling. There were some confusing moments. But at the end of the day, like overall, the offense still looked pretty much just as good in some ways as it, as Dirk Cutter and Todd Munkin's offense in terms of the, the overall numbers, mm-hmm. you know. They were still technically a top five offense or whatever. Um, and while fans, some fans may have thought that, you know, Byron Leftwich wasn't doing a good job. Bruce Arians said he's doing a great job the entire time. He said, I trust Byron Leftwich. He's, I think he's doing a great job. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it it all just depends on what Bruce wants. And I think that, like, like you said, Bruce trusts Byron Leftwich. He thinks he's doing a good job and he probably thinks he's going to be doing an even better job with, you know, Tom as his quarterback now and having another year to, you know, really mold and figure out his own offense. So I I think that, yeah, unless something insanely drastic happens where they are just really not doing good by midseason, um, like only have one or two, I would, yeah, like Evan said, even, I don't even know if two wins would be enough to make Bruce go, ah, well, you know, because he, the trust that he has for his coaches is just so high up there. Uh, it would have to take a lot for Bruce to say, well, I'm going to start calling plays now. And especially because- after the start that this team had last year, you know, I don't think anybody expected them to rebound the second half of the season the way that they did come out win all of those games in a row. Like, I think that is definitely a testament to how much he does trust those guys. And when you're in a situation where you have a slow start, he still trusts them to just get it up and go and get over the hill. You know, last season, the situation was, well, playoffs are gone at this point. So let's just win as many games as we can. And towards the end, we know there was a little bit of a stretch where the Bucks had some faith that they could finish nine and seven, maybe just maybe. Uh, but yeah, I think the trust that Bruce has in his head, in his 
coaches is just it speaks volumes and i think that's really the whole answer to this question here so thank you to anthony for calling in by the way james i didn't mean to cut you off on your thought there i just wanted to get that out oh no you were good i was just i think i was just going to say something again along the lines of i mean even last year they were two and four and he's like no byron's doing a great job (laughs) okay all right yeah sure yeah he definitely he definitely defends his guys you know what? Bruce ain't going to do it. You know, I don't think Bruce would do it. Definitely. So, ladies and gents, that's just about all the Bucks news we have for you today. Crazy, so I think now, it? I think now is the <laughs> uh, the moment that people have been waiting for. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm fairly excited about this as well. So, let's just jump on over to it. We are going to announce the winners for our CFP 1,000 subscriber giveaway. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the prize wheel there. You can see all the names on the list here. Thank you to each and every one of you who signed up for our contest, our first one ever. And uh, just to make the people happy, make sure it's not rigged at all. I'm shuffling through the names. I clip shuffle maybe seven times. Uh, So there you go. There is our prize wheel. Gentlemen, before we spin, do we have any last words? Good luck to uh, everybody who entered, and uh, you know, hope you guys. I, 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 you know, I wish that we could give a Mike Allstott photo to every single one of you guys, but uh, unfortunately, ain't got that many. So yeah, <laughs> that's, only... that, that, that's the sad thing about giveaways. There only can be one winner. But, you have to you give know? away cool stuff that like you well, would want. Well, actually, I guess in this instance, there's three winners. Three, but, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you know, if you don't win, hey. Don't be I'm mad sorry. at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, random. the moment is here. The spinner is in front of us, and I believe it is time. So our first place winner of a signed Mike Allstott photo from the Mike Allstott Family Foundation and, of course, a CFP prize pack. We are spinning the wheel right now. Here we go. There's a lot of names, so it's got to spin. Here we go. And our winner We have a winner, Watson.Witness on Instagram. By the way, everything that you guys have sent me has been username-based. So whatever your screen name is on Instagram or Twitter, that's what is going to be your name right here on the wheel. So Watson.Witness is our winner. He doesn't even know it right now because we're recording the show ahead of time. So I will be reaching out to him. I know exactly where to reach him. Congratulations, buddy. You've just won yourself a signed Mike Allstott photo. NACFP prize pack. Now we have two more winners to get to. This is our second place winner. I should have removed right. his name, but it is what it is. Well, if if, if he if he wins again, we'll just spin it again. Yeah, it's rigged yeah. again. Then, so our second place so winner, winner. This is for a CFP prize pack. This comes with a red and black T-shirt, and of course, a bunch of the limited edition new logo stickers. So here we go for second place, spinning the wheel. Thank you for the drum roll, fellas. And our winner is Jake Porter is our second place winner for the CFP prize pack. Jake Porter, thank you so much for entering, buddy. I will get your contact info and be in touch with you. Congratulations. And here is our last winner for a CFP sticker pack of the new logo, which you can only get through this contest or buying a shirt. Our winner is... Burrow Nation, a Joe Burrow fan page, is our winner. 
You can see the confetti going off there. Burrow Nation, congratulations to all of our winners here today. Congrats. We appreciate each and every one of you who entered the contest. I mean, this is this was our first giveaway in show history, and you guys really showed up and showed out, and we truly do appreciate you. I just I, I wish I could have won the All Star thing. You know, I wanted to slip my name in there and see if I could win because I really want one of those. Mike Allstock's who, my favorite player. Who is this? Who is this anonymous user? Oh, it's Rhett. Huh? What? Oh, no, <laughs> no, dude, you're crazy. You're crazy. You'd forget. You'd post on Instagram. <laughs> I love this new <laughs> Mike Allstock photo. I got framed. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh man, what a great gift for my friends who sent me this this photo of Mike Allstock. I have no idea where it came from. What happened? I don't know. I, uh, I think I got in a contest or something. Oh. Yeah, it's a little weird that uh, that yeah, every every one every part of the wheel. It's like Rhett, Brett. Right? What? Set, no, I don't. I don't chip. know what you guys. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I have no clue. But thank you once again to every single person who entered, and of course, subscribe to us here on YouTube. We would not be doing this contest, and we probably wouldn't be doing this show without you. So, a thousand subscribers, and of course, everybody who added on to that by entering into the contest giveaway, we deeply appreciate you. And go Bucks! And I With just wanted to say, I just wanted to say too, congrats, to you guys, for hitting one thousand. Getting, getting, getting past that hump of one thousand, it feels great. You know, getting getting hit in that first 1,000. And after that, you know, you really start to see things start to snowball. So I think this is just the start of big things for CFP here on YouTube. And I think that it will uh, continue to grow as this season goes on. Hey, that means a lot, my man. As, you know, the Appreciate authority it. of Buccaneers YouTube, the guy who is the gatekeeper, that means a lot coming from you. So thank you, my man. Very, very excited about what we can have for the show going forward. And as we brought up here multiple times, I think, you know, I think everybody who does Bucks media, fringe media, fan media, whatever the hell you want to call it these days, is going to see a big boost in uh, just everything. You know, we have a lot of attention on us with, of course, Tom Brady coming. And uh, we've talked about it countless times. So right now we just kind of have to buckle up and wait for it to happen. But we're very thankful for James, not only you helping us along the way, coming in and i mean you're the third member of the show at this point we've had you on yeah! so many times you know we might be calling your name again once football season starts you never know but we'll keep that hush hush for now but ladies and gentlemen i can't find my cfp shirt oh uh, well oh. i guess it must not mean that much to you if it's on the no, ground I, somewhere no, I, I, forget it then you're, you're you're like the the fourth member then no yeah, I, right? wore it, I wore it the other day i think it's in my laundry ham yeah okay <laughs> well we appreciate you repping us around town and we appreciate you coming on the show, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you for staying patient with us while we were on break from doing the show. And as of right now, not a whole lot of Bucks news. But of course, you know that as soon as it does come out, we will be there to tell you, hopefully before anyone else does. That's kind of the whole idea of the show. I don't know. James, thank you so much for coming on the show, my man. You guys can go check him out at Mr. Bucks Nation. And James, one last address to the people. You have anything you're working on or anything people should look out for? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, uh, man. No, I don't. That? No. I, no, cut it. Uh, no, I, I don't know, man. I, I have a schedule review video I'm supposed to come out with, and uh, I'm sure that'll come out eventually. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's just like you get in that part of the off season where you're just like, 
Okay, I can take my time with stuff now. So, I don't know. Um, maybe bringing back a couple of old series on the channel that I've been putting off, some projects I've been working on. We'll see. I have some free time, so who knows. But, uh, yeah, just yeah, thank, thanks for having me on, guys. It means a lot, as always. Proud proud to be the, uh, the third member here. And uh, proud of you guys for everything you've done here so far. And I can't wait to see you guys grow more. This is going to be awesome. Heck yeah, brother. We truly appreciate you. You guys can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. It's your number one source for any updates on the show and, of course, any Buccaneer news. And while you're on social media, make sure you go follow my co-host, Mr. Evan Wanish. You can find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and, of course, on Instagram at Bucks.Wave, the number one Buccaneers Boom. fan page on Instagram. How's that going? Going pretty good. Um... 24.5 thousand five. thank you for being so hype really yeah right that. james <laughs> i just switch away the camera and you gotta let loose and just let people see a side of you you've never seen he's about to break through the screen <laughs> I, I, I do i do appreciate that um yeah so yeah 24.5 k followers so half uh, almost there to uh 25k before the season starts so i, I told yeah, you james, you were gonna I hit need, 25k before <laughs> july It'll happen. It'll happen in June, and then of course we'll be here talking about it. But make sure you guys go follow him. You can follow myself on social media at Redicus on Instagram and Twitter. If you follow me, I promise I will follow you back. And last but not least, before we get out of here, gotta give a shout out to our special sponsors at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. We brought up those new stickers, and these guys did a phenomenal job for us on these. I gave them like two days' notice. I said, hey, we've got this new logo. We want to take our old stickers and basically just swap the logo and the font. And they were able to knock it out of the park, just like they do with anything. Any branding that you have, Pinegrass Printing is going to be on top of it. You can give them a call at 813-684-5444, or you can check out their website at pinecrestprinting.com. They are located in Brandon and have been helping out the Tampa Bay business community since 2001. James, you're killing me, dude. Pinecrest needs to hire him. Right? I, the official hype man. You're, oh, my God. I just, I'm trying so hard to do my read. I'm locking in on one thing on my wall, and I see you out of the corner of my eye going nuts. <laughs> I, I always get hyped about the prime the pinecrest the pinecrest printing plugs, man. Hey, you got it, bro. It's the best part of the show. It's why people tune in. So if you're still listening at this point, make sure you go check out Pinecrest Printing and Signs. They're gonna help you with anything branding that you need, from stickers to business cards, apparel to even big projects like signs, metal signs, building signs, and vehicle wraps. They have got you covered all under one roof. One last time, the number is 813-684-5444, and the website is pinecrestprinting.com. I am Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish, and very special guest, James Hill. We appreciate you guys listening to the show, and of course, we'll catch you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.